Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Marina, New Zealand, good morning to you. Uh, Rugby League takes uh, centre stage for us today. Of course, the Warriors have uh, come home. So just after nine o'clock, we'll be talking to uh, Justin Morgan. Uh, assistant coach for the Warriors, uh, Ranfilly Shield has uh, a prior to place as well on today's program because, of course, Hawks Bay are defending for the first time this calendar year against South Canterbury. We'll talk uh, to their new head coach, Josh Sims, just after 10 o'clock. Uh, a panel consisting of Gordon Findlater and uh, Hamish Bidwell today, uh, just after 20 past 10. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we'll look to uh, talk to Louis Herman Watt and the TAB just before 11 o'clock, see if we can make you some money at somehow at that point. Uh, and after 11 o'clock, uh, Andre Mikhailovich, a New Zealand middleweight boxer, of course, who has just risen into the world top 15 with the IBF and WBO rankings uh, after his latest knockout performance in Australia. So uh, that is uh, what's got prior to place for us today as we work our way through to midday with Staffy. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. So there will be a review of the recent Test Series against England, we are told, when all the relative parties return home. It should be shortly then, because the coach and the captain are not part of the initial associate tour about to start. The selectors, the CEO, the Players Association, and let's not forget high performance, will want their 10 cents worth. For a world champion team, this has been a pretty catastrophic year. Five out of seven down the gurgler against three different opposition, two of which uh, were at home on our tailor-made pitches. Surely there is no hiding from that. If rugby is an 80-minute game, test cricket is a five-day game. You've got to expect to play that long. You have to allow for all the contingencies. In the last episode, we admitted we grossly misread the pitch. How does that happen? Maybe because we don't have to learn to read them here because we know what we're going to get every time. It's monotonous, predictable, and now that we are getting outthought and outplay in our own backyard, time's got to be up on that theory. If the powers that be believe we would turn the tables on England or beat Australia here at home anytime soon, we seriously do have a problem. The last test is a classic blueprint for me on how we are thinking. We picked a team that didn't want to lose. England just simply want to win. When it was over, common sense. Uh, when was it ever common sense to go into a five-day game with three bowlers? When the series is gone anyway, why don't you look to develop? We didn't want to run the risk of being whitewashed, that's why, and we were. We conceded runs at an alarming rate because we had no 
obvious variations. We missed an opportunity. You've got a feel for Daryl Mitchell and to a slightly lesser extent Tom Blundell. Mitchell was Bradman-esque. His numbers extraordinary. He only played initially by accident. How do you score 500 plus runs at over 100 per innings in a three-match series and not get considered for man of the series? Why? Because your team get walloped, literally, all around the park. The winds of change are blowing. Don't expect to be in personnel, but you should expect in the way we use that personnel. The summer of cricket has just been unveiled ahead. It looks appealing, but only if the current trend changes. Well, the homecom- uh, homecoming is happening after a thousand days, yeah, a thousand days away. The Warriors have returned to their rightful place at Mount Smart Stadium. Yesterday, the side was welcomed back onto the grounds with an emotional puffery as the team now looks to reconnect with the nation and players reunite with their loved ones. Win-lose records aside, it's been a tough road, we all know that, to get to this point. But the business at hand now is the West Tigers this Sunday at what will be a packed-out Mount Smart. The Warriors faithful will be hoping for a, a memorable performance that uh, the team can rebuild upon. And joining us now is uh, Warriors assistant uh, coach Justin Morgan. Justin, welcome back to the show. And more importantly, welcome back to New Zealand. Uh, it must feel good. How was the experience yesterday of the official welcome home? Hey, Smitty. Oh, it was a very emotional day yesterday. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to be back. And like you said, it's a hundred. There's a thousand days since we've played a game. Um, for myself, you know, it was March 2020, the last time I was here. So I packed my bag to go for a week, and I've been gone for two and a half years. So um, very emotional day yesterday. Um, you know, obviously to, to walk into um, our home ground for the first time. A number of our players that hadn't done that before. Some players have played in excess of 50 games for the club and they haven't played at the home ground. So um, mm. not only were the players and the and the, the football staff there, the entire staff of the club was there. You know, there was, there was, um, it, was, it, was a, it was an emotional day and it was a great day. Um, so I know um, Toru Harris and, and Cameron George were very proud of, you know, everything that's gone on. So, yeah, it was a great day yesterday. Enjoyed it. Did you see? Did you have an opportunity while you were looking on yourself to look at some of the the, the younger faces just to see uh, what they were feeling? Yeah, definitely. You know, guys like you know Reese Walsh, who obviously has had a you know worldwood start of his career. He's obviously been involved in Origin camps, and yeah, he was just in awe of um, you know of everything that was going on. Even just to walk into you know to the stadium and see all, all the Mad Butcher's memorabilia and all the memorabilia that he's got up in there in the foyer, and the players are looking around at that they hadn't seen that before. Um, you know, a, a lot of the players were, were very emotional. Not only the ones that hadn't been there before, but you know, certainly a lot of the younger um, boys that have been away from home um, and who generally don't live away from home anyway. They live at home, and, and you could see the relief on their face, um, and they were very, very you know happy and proud to be back in in their home home stadium. And they've got to stay at home with their their families this week. So. Um, yeah, there's lots of smiles around. We trained well yesterday. Um, there's a great energy, as you'd imagine. You know, everyone's really excited to be be training and, and seeing their friends and family for the first time. In um, you know, for, for some people, for for two two and a half years. And the other prospect, of course, uh, it's been well publicised that this ground is going to be sold out. Um, you know, which uh, you know is great recognition from the fans. The fans have been patient. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's been like to to be 
packing your bag for uh, a week and being away two and a half years, I simply can't. I, I really don't. I've been away a lot. And I, I can't equate to that myself. So, um, but but the prospect of a home a home sellout crowd, uh, Justin, that's amazing. Oh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a magic day. Um, you know the, the the plans that they've got for the day. Um, you know the way we're going to enter the stadium, etc. You know a little bit of history there, a bit of nostalgic for people that, are, that that were around. You know when when the club started back in '95. So hopefully that'll bring some nice memories and um, some good emotion to to the ground. Um, yeah, it's it's great that our fans and our sponsors, um, and and especially Mark Robinson. You know you've got to remember this guy bought the club a couple of years ago. Um, and, and all that, that's happened since then has been adversity. You know, we've had to live away from home. We've had the pandemic. We've had all those types of things, you know, and, and also we haven't had the results that we would have liked. You know, we, we all know that we're in a results game. Um, it hasn't been a great season. So to have a sellout crowd and have our fans and our members, and we had a dinner last night um, at Sky City for, 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 our, for our, some of our sponsors and for those guys to stick solid, you know, through this period, because... Not only stick solid, but you know those guys would have been experiencing hard, hardship themselves. You know whether it be their own business or you know been laid off at work themselves. You know so everyone has supported us, even though they've been going through you know the hard times themselves. So um, we're super appreciative of that, and, and hopefully we're going to well not hopefully we're going to put on a good performance on Sunday. And I know Stacey's spoken a lot this week about making sure we just get the job done. We get the two points and. And and we and you know we get through the final ten games of the season, have a bit of a reset, you know now, and and you know, and get some wins on the board, which which will put smiles on on the faces of lots of people. Well, when Stacey left home, of course, he was uh, in your boat as well. He wasn't expecting to be his way for as long as he was. He left as an assistant coach. He now comes home as the head coach, uh, interim it seems at this point. But uh, how's he settled into the role? You feel? Oh, fantastic! You know, he's a he's a club legend, he's a New Zealand legend um, he's a rugby league legend um, you know, and, and he's taken it well in his stride, you know, he's been super proactive with things that um, that he wants to change um, he's, he's also very collaborative with the way he, um, he he's a head coach, you know, he takes advice to the senior players on board, um, the other staff members I've really enjoyed working with him I'm, I've got to pinch myself sometimes you know, um, you know, I got a chance to play with him, you know, 20 odd years ago um, and now I've got a chance to, I've been having a chance to work with him for a few years now, you know, on the coaching staff. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a legend of a bloke um, and he's doing a fantastic job, you know, in leading this group through what's been a you know, difficult period. You know, it's always difficult when a, you know, when a, when a coach gets moved on and, and results aren't going great. But, you know, he's kept the mood really buoyant. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's still cracking the whip, making sure that we stay focused on what the job is. And the job is to, is to get the two points on Sunday. One of the things that quite clearly um, will have to go a little bit better is the defensive side of things, Justin. I, I've just done some maths. 122 points have been leaked in the last three games. So what have you done to address that going forward to, to this week? Yeah, it's um, it has been a concern all year. I think, you know, part of the reasons is, you know, we've just had, you know, we've had people chopping and changing in different positions and that's it's made it difficult to get some continuity. But the last couple of weeks, we've just tried to simplify things at training. Um, we really tried to simplify people's jobs and roles defensively, not make things overly complicated. Um, and, you know, we've done lots of practice. You know, we've done lots of practice, but at the same time, you know, it's important, you know, to let players play. You know, that, that's, what, that's what they're in the team for, to, to play footy. So, um, like I said, we've tried to simplify things um, at training, um, certainly on the defensive side of things and, and, and trying to get them to work together. And we've had 
a couple of weeks where we've been able to get a couple of combinations on the training park together. So hopefully that'll um, you know that'll translate for the rest of this week at training, and um, and and we can transfer that to the game. So a lot of communication. Is, it, is that one of the issues, the ability to communicate your, your defensive lines, or is it or more a technique thing? Um, I, I think it's most probably a combination. You know, p- part of the time for us has been when the ruck gets really fast, we've just been making poor decisions. So, you know, the, the, the centre of the universe of rugby league is the ruck. You know, you need to make sure you slow that down, you know, the best you can. And, and while we've done that in patches, we haven't done that consistently well enough this year. And, and what's happened is that, um, the rucks got really fast and we've had to make decisions on the run and you know we've had some inexperience and some experienced people at different times you know coming up a little bit short you know that that coupled with you know sometimes our error rate the amount of possession that we've given opposition teams and the amount of defense that we've had to do just the, the mm-hmm. weight of possession against us is naturally going to you know is, is going to leak tries for you so um, they're sort of intertwined a little bit you know how well you control the ball how well you you know have good field position um, and that hasn't been you know, a, you know a great statistic for us either so if we can get one right the other one will help the other one you know so to speak so um, we have done some work on on some decision making things as well um, but you know it's, it's like in any sport you know in, in, in cricket it's nothing like time out in the middle um, so there's nothing like mm-hmm. making decisions in the heat of the moment so you know in saying that the last couple of weeks we've, we've come up against you know a couple of decent footy teams as well so um, it's not to say the Tigers won't be, you know, won't be a challenge. They'll definitely be a challenge. Um, they'll be as desperate as what we are. So, good possession, good field position, making sure we complete our sets well, that will help our defence. And then when we're at, we under are under stress, making sure we come up with good decisions in, in, individually. On attack, uh, Justin, you just mentioned the, the phrase "you've got to let the players play," which is uh, fantastic because that's the Warriors. I think that home fans. Uh, have been used to in, in previous years the ability to just play with sort of a, you know, a, 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 just a freedom as which to throw the ball around. We we saw a hint of that in the Kiwis the other day as well. Uh, is that is that a style that you know, I, I you know, ideally you'd like to to see come back? Definitely, um, you know, <clears throat> good Warriors teams of of the past have been carefree. You know, you think of you know. I think back to my time in you know the early 2000s, you know guys like Ali T- Lalatiti and you know, Clinton Torpy and Henry Farfili and these guys loved to move the ball, um, you know, and obviously had a little general in the team as well, which obviously th- that helped. But yeah, definitely w- want to you know, look to offload the ball, move the ball, um, because you know if you play super structured and you play super conservative in the game these days, teams just eat that up. You know, you don't take enough petrol out of them, you don't take enough. You know, decision making out of them. So yeah, we we want we want to have that nice balance of getting that completion right. But you know, Stacey's a very offensive minded coach. You know, obviously being an ex halfback, so he's certainly encouraging the team to do to do that well. But you know, he's also mentioned that you need to earn the right. You need to earn the right through a good kicking game, and you need to earn the right by making sure that first and foremost you run nice and hard. You do that, and he's very comfortable with you know you, us moving the football. You and Aitken has been named uh, in the centres this week at this stage. Uh, it's, it's a move that the fans and the media have been debating throughout the season. Uh, why that move now? Um, yeah, it's something that I know as coaches we've been talking for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, part of the reason for keeping him in the back row is that it's most probably an area we're a little bit light on, um, and it's an area that if you can have somebody play the back row, can play 80 minutes, it, it helps you with your interchange for, for your middle forwards and certainly for your hooker. Um, you know, to play 80 minutes, we're asking Torhu Harris to play 80 minutes in the middle of the field. So, part of the reason was to try and 
um, you know, give us some options, you know, in other parts of the field because Ewan could play 80 minutes in the back row. Um, and, you know, we feel as though that, you know, he, he will certainly help stiffen up our defence out on the edge. Um, so, yeah, he's named there at the moment. He'll practice both at, in the back row and in the centres. Um, and, you know, it gives us an opportunity now with, you know, Jack Murchie, you know, Josh Curran's back, obviously Bailey Sirenen's back as well. So we've got three guys there and Eli Katoa that all can play in the back row, um, whereas we, we really didn't have that luxury over the past month or so or even a little bit longer. We were always missing one of them or one of them was out injured or... Or there was there was some some question marks over fitness etc. So um, yeah, we're hopeful that Ewan will be able to stiffen up our centres if he if he gets the final nod there. There's a few question marks around a couple of guys with injury, so there could be a little bit of a, a last minute shuffle. But um, at the moment, he's named there, and that's where we'd prefer him to play. Uh, Justin, obviously uh, West Tigers have been uh, in a similar situation to you. They've uh, had a change of coaches, etc. They've uh, had a change of playmakers. Uh, and it looks as if uh, Jackson Hastings and Luke Brooks are working very good together in, in the way that they're looking to turn things around. How key to your performance is shutting those two players down? Yeah, you're spot on, Smithy. You know, all, all, the, all the research this week from the coaches has been about Jackson Hastings and and, you know, the, the threat that he brings, you know, he gets into dummy half at different stages, runs well from there. Um, he, he obviously operates all their attack. And, you know, there's lots of pressure on, on Luke Brooks. You know, there's been lots of talk for the past, you know, 10 or 12 months about him moving on and, and, and so forth. And, you know, you've got to remember, sportsmen are competitive people. You know, that, that'll spur him on. And, and no doubt at some point he'll put in a performance that he, he'll, he'll be super proud of. We're, we need to make sure that that's not this weekend. We need to make sure that... We send lots of traffic um, at both of them at different stages, you know, to make sure that they do their fair share of defence. And then just making sure that our defensive line is organised with numbers because the one thing that they do do very well is they move from one side of the ruck to the other, at, you know, at the last minute. So we need to make sure that we get our numbers right and Reese at fullback's been doing an exceptional good job at that this year. You know, he's, he's made some real strides forward um, with his defensive displays um, this year. Reese, he mightn't have had the, you know, the, the, the brilliant touches that we saw him experienced at the start of his career, but we feel as though he's really improved as a player this year. Um, and, you know, spending some time with Billy Slater, I know he came back buzzing after the weekend camp with the Origin boys. So um, he'll have a big role to play in, in that as well. So um, they've also got Adam Dewey, who sort of come back from injury um, last week or so. So he'll offer some threat as well. But certainly the two halves, um, making sure that, you know, that they do their fair share of defence and, and we get our numbers right on the right side of the field wherever they decide to pop mm. up. Uh, just coming to the end of it, uh, Justin, I know you're a, you're a busy guy, but there, there'll be nothing uh, that'll get the fans on, off their seats quicker than uh, some big boys up front doing some hard work this week. So uh, you, the battle of the props is going to be immense. Uh, it certainly is. And, you know, uh, one of the shining lights for us has been Bunty Ufoa. He's playing his 100th game for the club this weekend, so that's a, you know, that's a huge milestone. Um, but he's been so consistent with his performances all year. He's had a couple of games starting, a couple of games off the bench, so he's going to have a big role to play. Torhu Harris, um, you know, Adam as well, um, you know, and obviously Jazz Tavanga. These guys are going to play with a huge amount of emotion, and I know part of the message to these guys is, look, we want you to have that emotion. We want you to harness it in the right direction, and hopefully we can see some of those big boys charging down the middle of the field and, and give the likes of Reese and, and Sean... Um, and Chanel, when he gets onto the field, um, and young Ronald, some space. You know, if those guys can get some space, um, we can we can we can score some tries. So, 
Um, very simple game plan. You know, go down the middle and, 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 and create some space for those creative guys on the edge. So um, it should be a cracking game, and we're all super proud to be back. We're super happy to be you know, playing at Mount Smart and, and, and also very, very grateful for the continued support of everyone, not only you know, the fans and the members and the sponsors, but you know, all the media and everybody mm. has, has really kept us buoyant you know, while we've been away, and um, you know, we're, we're, we're very grateful for that. And the other good news, of course, is uh, after you win this week against West Tigers, uh, Justin, you got a, a week off, a, a Warriors bye, so uh, you'll be in, able to introduce some of your, your new boys to, to Auckland, I guess, but, but maybe a chance to get out in the community and, uh, and say hello to a few people as well? Yeah, definitely. I know all the boys are out today. Um, they're out at different schools and sponsors. Uh, everybody's got some community things to do today, so that'll be great. Uh, a lot of the boys next week will be staying around for a number of days, you know, um, obviously looking for housing and all those types of things when uh, when they have to come here full-time at the end of the year, but also to, you know, to, to really experience Auckland. You know, I, I think as a, as, a, as a player or as a staff member of an opposition club, you don't really get to experience Auckland and all its value and, and how good a place it is to live when you come in, fly in and fly out. So... I know, um, you know, talking to the players that, that haven't lived here before on, on how good a city it is and how good the people are and, and just there's so, there's so many great things about it. And um, sometimes when you when you go away from somewhere, you get a, a greater appreciation. And I know, you know, I found myself a number of times, you know, when I've been in Australia the last two and a bit years saying, oh, well, I miss this from Auckland. Oh, well, what about when we used to go on Sunday and we used to do this or we go to the markets here or we go to this beach or we go there or this restaurant or go down the viaduct or whatever, whatever it may be and, and yeah. often reminiscing about you know, living here. And, and to me, that's a great reflection on, on how good the place is. So hopefully a win on Sunday, you know, a couple of quiet beverages after the game, which would be nice. Um, because mm. we missed that New Zealand beer, which we haven't been able to buy over there. We've had to drink that Australian stuff. So um, have a couple of <laughs> a couple of beverages, and then obviously get out get out into the get out of the community next week and, and start to really plan you know the, the proper homecoming, which will be full time at the end of the year. Cool, Justin. Uh, let's hope you do enjoy those beers. Uh, and I know Auckland uh, and New Zealand are enjoying seeing you guys back at home. It's just wonderful. Uh, sellout crowd couldn't be better. Uh, and uh, the fact that you're available to us to, this morning, we're, we're very appreciative. Good luck with the preparations and good luck at the weekend, more importantly. Thank you. Thanks, Millie. Great talking. Thanks for the support. Have a great day, mate. Yeah, cheers. Same to you. Justin Morgan there, assistant coach of the Warriors, of course. They are home. They are home and uh, pretty pumped about being uh, back on their home turf. And uh, yesterday was special for them. It's 9.24 here on SCNZ. Number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Interesting uh, game of tennis. Uh, Serena Williams uh, down, f- it's 5-all actually in the tiebreaker. She uh, was 4-0 up in the tiebreaker and it's now 5-all. Uh, so, yeah, we've got um, opportunity for you to come up uh, after the news here with uh, Araha with uh, some calls. Uh, our number is 0800 150 811. Give us a call about the Warriors uh, now that they are, they are home. I mean, you know, back on, uh, what are you expecting? Uh, how do you think it's going to change uh, with a home advantage all of a sudden? Or is it that much of a home advantage uh, when you consider a lot of them uh, saw Mount Smart Stadium for the first time yesterday and ran on it for the first time yesterday. So uh, please uh, get back to us uh, on that particular one, on the Warriors. And, uh, yeah, what about uh, New Zealand cricket? What are, you think you, Can you see any changes coming? 
Uh, do you see any change in the way we go about things? Are we going to encourage spin? H- how do you how do you see that going forward? So we'll uh, give you that opportunity. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. And of course, what chance the All Blacks now? What chance the All Blacks as they continue to go down with COVID? And we're hearing rumours uh, this morning um, that uh, uh, maybe another three players, another three players. <coughs> sorry, not me. Have been affected by it? So we'll go to the news now with uh, Aloha, uh, and when we come back, your calls, please. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. Yep, 0800 150 811. First up this morning, uh, it's Dean from Dunedin. G'day, Dean. Uh, we'll talk about a cricket this morning, shall we? Yeah, mate. Wasn't um, Dooley's passion awesome on the news? I've got to say. Yep, I, I didn't. I didn't see it. So enlighten me. Well, no, he just got stuck right in. Like he was grumpy, which is it's a, it's appropriate. Like the thing that I've said it too on your show. Like Conway was their ray of hope to go with Latham, you know, and he got a double century at Lords. When's the next time he's going to be told he's actually an opening batsman? I've nothing wrong with Bevan. For me. I, I don't know. I think I think Kane Williams is Sims the problem. But you'll get the chance to ask Steady, and he always comes up and tells the truth. But now he's in a position where it's getting a bit difficult. Because there's something going on. The dynamics, there's something, you know what I'm talking about. And Dooley was really adamant. Like he, and also a spinner. Like, we've got enough New Zealand cricketers over there playing county cricket. We've got, a, we've got enough... Intel to tell us that that last pitch would probably go to spin. When England are naming the spinner, like I've never played cricket, Smitty, just social stuff. But you don't have to be Einstein to figure out that we probably might need one. You know, it could be kind of handy. It would be kind of handy when you're playing over five days, but the more I think about that uh, selection, the more I... I <coughs> they ran the risk there, a hell of a risk, because... Um, you know, they only had three test bowlers. They had three test bowlers over five days. Now, we, we've, uh, we know that you lose bowlers to injury. We lost the Grandholm to injury in the first, after the first test. We lost Jamison during the second test. We'd have lost Bolt or Southey, or dare I say Wagner. Where are the overs going to come from? How, how are we going to get them out? I mean, I'll, I'll let you into a, a little secret. I, uh, when I was uh, talking to uh, Baz before the test match, he learnt of the selection of our side and this, uh, one of the things he said to me was how are they going to get 20 wickets so at that point you know he wasn't super worried how are they going to get 20 wickets uh, and that's what they couldn't gonna, do they, yeah I was just going to say that myself like sure you need to get runs but you don't win tests with runs you've got to get the opposition out like, so you've got to start thinking backwards if that makes sense like you just eight batsmen I don't know mate. I mean I said to you before, like the 2020, like Mitchell, this this ray of hope going forward in New Zealand cricket, good on the lad. But the 2020, we dropped the ball there too. Like he 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 wasn't sensational for me at the 2020 at all. Like he he done what he's good at. He finished innings, but the start he was woeful. He was too slow, put us under too much pressure. And Conway, honestly, I I want some. I'd ask him myself. I think he punched his bat to get had enough. You know, like he wants to be in there at the start. He's a new ball. It's different. Like the new ball is different. It comes on different. And he's ahead of himself when it comes on slow. But when you when your eyes in and you send it like a pumpkin, 
Oh, I could probably hit it, but I, I don't know. But I've got to tell you, mate, I've got the old mate Earl Duckworth is going to pick you up in his taxi. He played on the wing for Otago in the 70s, him and uh, Earl Curtin. Mm. So you have a good yarn with him and get yourself to the law courts on the 8th or the 9th. I don't care. You should run your TV, your radio show for me, mate, to be fair. It's a good wee bar. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I, I, I'm not quite sure what the uh, commentary appointment is for that particular test match yet. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, that I can perhaps make an appearance down there. And if I am in Dunedin, um, that is uh, certainly one of my ports of call. I might even bring my old group mate uh, Grant, Nis- Grant Nisbet with me so we can uh, chew the fat, the three of us. What do you reckon? Oh, I'd be gold, mate. I'll tell you something now. There's actually, they run a magic show there. I kid you not, like it could be damn appropriate. We might need a bit of magic. Might need you might you might not be just called in as a um, commentator, mate. You might be on the team list. We're dropping well, what's what's happening there? What are you hearing? I mean, we're hearing perhaps another three. What's our side going to look like, mate? The Auckland Blues. It's going to look okay. like the Auckland Blues. We're all going to have the Blues on Monday morning. They're going to come to Dunedin for a bit of history. And on uh, the Monday after that, we'll be raised, we'll be coaching the team. We'll be perfect. Calm, <laughs> oh, you've got an amazing crystal ball, mate. I, I must say that. Hey, hey fantastic uh, catching up with you again, Dean. Uh, share your sent- sentiments uh, entirely there, so no problem whatsoever there. Uh, hey, Zade, uh, good morning to you. Uh, Warriors are back in town. You're pretty pleased about that? Uh, yes. Um, the thing is now, uh, Smitty, good morning. Um, but the thing is, um, if we don't win this weekend, we can't make any more excuses now. We've been away for three years. Yeah, I understand that. But we need to beat the Tigers. As simple as that. If we don't beat the Tigers, mate, we're an absolute laughing stock. We just need to beat them. Um, there's nothing simpler than that. Um, there's going to be a lot, hopefully there's going to be a lot of blue. Uh, last week we saw a lot of red at Mount Smart. It was all Tongan. And this week we need to um, pump the crowd up as loud as they can be. And the Warriors need to bring a game home. And Sean Johnson, mate, you need to you need to play your game now. Um, you're at home. You've got you're back home with your um, partner, Kayla, and your and your and your kid. And yeah, you need to play well now. It's all up to the boys. Um, you had Justin Morgan on before, and he sounded you know pretty pretty excited. Like the thing is now, boys, um, there's no more Australians that don't want to play for us. We kicked Old Lodge out. Well, he kicked himself out. He was absolute mm. annoying me, so he's gone. And um, you know, Nathan Brown's gone, so the guys that want to be there, now we're back at home, you're back in your own bed, so if you want to get the win, if you want to not finish spot on the table, we need to beat the Tigers, otherwise we're going to get the wooden spoon, and I don't think the Warriors will want that. Um, and on the Māori All Blacks, I'm actually feeling pretty confident tonight. I actually like, I really yeah. like to look at that team. You've got what, uh, Tyrell Lomax and Ollie Norris, you've got players like uh, Josh Dixon, Josh Joani. Brad Weber, Zahn Sullivan, Kurt Eklund. It's absolute solid team. Carlin Grace, Josh Soafua, Billy Harmon. You've got Balin Sullivan on the bench, TJ Perinara. Even, it's just, I think they're going to be too good for the Irish tonight. They've got too much experience. I heard some dude put five grand on Ireland this morning. Uh, old, um, what's his name? Paul Mawadi was saying that's a lot of money to put on Ireland. Um, that they're going to be a bit shaky and... Um, I think the Māori All Blacks might be a bit too experienced for them. I actually really like the look of the team. Probably actually looks, at least none of them have got COVID, so they're all playing, where the old All Blacks are dropping like flies. Will Jordan's gone, Harvilli's gone, Goodhue's gone. Who else is going? Do we need to cancel the game on Saturday, Smitty? They keep getting more cases. (laughs) 
Well, we just keep uh, getting more players out of the blues. That would suit you, wouldn't it, Zaid? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess um, if there's any more cases, it looks like old Perifeta might get his debut. I think definitely Roger, if there's no Harvilli or Goodhue now, opens the door wide open for Roger. Because um, I think he'd still be ahead of Braden Anu. Um, he'd probably be on the bench if they were to start with Quintu Pire. Or do you just start with the proven R- Roger and Rico? Um, you're going to have to do something like that. Now with Goodhue and Harvilli drop, uh, gone. And then obviously what all the coaching staff are gone. So it'll be interesting to see um, how the banter between what Joe Smith and who's the, what's the Irish name's coach? Is the Irish dude, I think. Andy, Andy Farrell. Yeah, Andy Farrell. Mm. Didn't they work together? Well, Andy Farrell was coached everywhere uh, around uh, yeah. Europe, to be fair. Um, he's been a Lions coach. He's been involved, heavily involved with England as well. So, he, I mean, yeah. it's not as if he, he doesn't know. But he does, he does know the quality of the All Blacks as well. And, uh, uh, you know, he's a very, very experienced coach. And I totally agree with you. I, I think they're vulnerable tonight. I think the money uh, on New Zealand Maori is very generous. And in the um, Tron as well. I, I, you know, he has yeah. more money in the, the Tron. No, the old Tron, yeah, and uh, the atmosphere will be absolutely one, fantastic, one as it will. Before I go, yeah, yep, yep. One last thing before I go. Um, yep. Absolute pumped for the UFC this weekend. You've got Izzy versus Jared Cannonier. It's going to be an absolute um, main fight. You've also got Volkanovski Holloway. The trilogy continues, and you've also got Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. Um, so, yeah, three boys, all from the Trans-Tasman. going to be three banging fights from those three. And you've also got an um, American guy called Sugar Sean O'Malley, which is also a real, real good fighter as well. So a lot of good fights on that Zade, you are a fountain of knowledge, I've got to say, and I respect you for that, mate. And I thank you very much for your call this morning. It is 9.42 here on SCNZ. We shall take a short break. Side by side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. 9.47 here on SENZ, and if uh, you missed it, Serena Williams has been bundled out um, of the uh, Wimbledon the singles. Anyway, I'm not sure she's playing in the doubles, but uh, she can uh, tarn beat her, um, beat her in the third set tiebreaker quite convincingly in the end, and so Serena can pack up that massive entourage that she has, put them in the truck and head on back home, I guess, unless she's playing in the doubles. I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, yeah, Serena Williams gone out of Wimbledon and uh, I don't think she would have progressed much further in terms of uh, levels of fitness anyway because she looked to be uh, puffing pretty tight at the end of that three-setter and, uh, of course, she hasn't played that top level of tennis for quite some time. So pretty tough to work your way back in even after a great career like that. Uh, England's Owen Morgan, speaking of great careers, has retired from international cricket uh, with immediate effect, the World Cup winning white ball captain. Uh, he led England to 50 over World Cup glory, of course, against uh, Guess Who. Uh, captain in a record of 126 one day internationals and 72 T20s. There's 118 wins as a skipper across the two formats is uh, a record. Uh, retires with a slew of other records to his name, including the most ODI runs for England, 6,957. The most T20 runs for England, 2,458. And the most sixes for England in both formats. He's just 35 years of age, still got some cricket left in him, but has decided enough is enough. He made his one-day international debut for Ireland, actually, as a 16-year-old back in 2006, before he was called up by England in 2009. In all, 248 one-day internationals, 115 T20s, scoring 10,159 runs.
outstanding, outstanding career, outstanding leader, uh, and uh, as we all know, a terrific friend too of uh, Brendan McCullum. Uh, another review says Chris, uh, and we're talking about the cricket one here, hope it's not like New Zealand rugby review, we'll never hear the answers, have a review, that's the answer in this country, what happened to get out there and fix it yourself, New Zealand has turned soft. Uh, my great friend Hone from uh, Tokomaru Bay says, great sermon, dare I say it, changes are coming for New Zealand cricket. Great to listen to Justin Morgan's insight uh, about the Warriors, we are quick to be negative about them. Um, and uh, we're all guilty about that. Uh, I know we can all uh, hold our hands up for that. Let's hope they can move forward, string those most important wins together. Go the Māori All Blacks uh, tonight, and, and, all, uh, and also our beloved all, all Blacks on Saturday, whatever shape or form they might look on. It's looking a bit dodgy at the moment, but yes, certainly looking forward to that. Uh, in fact, there's a, a nice little double hurler of rugby on this afternoon. You get a taste of the Ranfurly Shield uh, around about 430 uh, and that leads quite nicely. Uh, it's uh, Hawks Bay, of course, defending against South Canterbury. Uh, and then uh, about 7.05, I think you can uh, get a taste of uh, uh, Ireland on our shores for the first time for a while uh, up against uh, New Zealand Maori. It's not a fully-fledged Irish side. Uh, captained, uh, incidentally, by Bundy Arkey. So that'll be a nice moment for him, leading Ireland out, his adopted country, against uh, New Zealand Maori at uh, Hamilton. So uh, be interesting in, in that respect. Uh, the Irish side looks uh, a little new, a little fresh, and of course uh, most of uh, our players have just come out of a fairly hard and competitive Super 15 seri- uh, Super Rugby Series, so they'll be looking very uh, very good, I think, and I, I, I wouldn't call it, I can't call it one, 187 a piece, it would be for me, but at the moment you can get pretty damn good money uh, on New Zealand Maori. Uh, after the break, speaking of the Ramfurly Shield, we shall be talking to Josh Sims. Now, Josh, of course, is the newly appointed head coach of uh, the <coughs> of the Hawks Bay uh, Magpies. Uh, of course, it was uh, Mark Ozich and uh, Josh Sims in tandem, but uh, Josh has uh, got it all to himself this year with uh, quite a big uh, roster, but just how many of them are available to him. And uh, that, is, uh, <laughs> that is a key thing as he looks to work his way uh, through the season as the head charang. Uh, 9.52 here coming up Richard I cannot read that text out And you know why um, So I won't bother It is uh, time for a, a multi Just prior to the break New Zealand's number one selling side by side brand Summer or winter He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith On SENZ You got to know when to Smithy's Multi. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Right, yesterday uh, Alexi Papayadam was beaten by Hugo Gaston in five sets. Uh, it was a bit of a thriller, but uh, Papayadam was uh, knocked over, so we missed out there. Cornet had one, and the Toronto Blue Jays had one also. Uh, today I'm going to stick with New Zealand Murray to beat Ireland at $2.30. I think that's good value. Uh, also, I'm going to stay with the rugby theme too and uh, go with uh, South Canterbury against Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay will win. But South Canterbury are getting a 69.5 start. Uh, uh, you know, uh, effectively a 70-point start. Now, this is Hawke's Bay here from Josh Sims after 10 o'clock, but uh, he hasn't had a lot of time with this uh, relatively new-look side that he's got going today. They haven't played a lot together recently, if at all. Uh, and they might take a bit of time to settle. And uh, South Canterbury, Shield Challenges, they always come out with a bit of a hiss and a roar, don't they? So we'll just see if uh, 70 points or uh, 69.5 points is enough. 
I think it might be uh, enough for South Canterbury to win that at a dollar eighty-five, and the Yankees to beat the Orioles at a buck forty-six later today as well. That will return six dollars twenty-one. Well, there's always some uh, news that comes to hand when you're doing the show, and we thank uh, stuff for this one. But here's uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, Kiwi golf ace Lydia Ko is set to marry her partner of two years in South Korea in December, according to reports. The 25-year-old New Zealander, who was born in the capital Seoul and moved to New Zealand age six, will tie the knot with uh, Hyundai Air, Hyundai Air, Hyundai, Hyundai uh, Air Chongjun at the city's uh, Myeondong Cathedral on December the 30th. Uh, that's being reported by the Korean Herald. The couple began dating two years ago uh, with Ko posting a selfie with Jun on Instagram with a love emoji and the caption, Soon, last August. He is the son of uh, Hyundai Card uh, Vice Chairman Chong Tai Yong and his maternal grandmother is the ex-Hyundai Chairman Chong Mong Ku. I guess they can afford I guess they can afford a good wedding. It is uh, 9.59 coming up to 10 o'clock. Uh, Josh Sims after the break, but here's Araha. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Ah, it's a beautiful sound, isn't it? 10.03 here on SENZ. And yes, the Ranfurly Shield goes on the line for the first time uh, this calendar year, this afternoon, around 4.30 at uh, McLean Park, when Hawke's Bay defend against uh, South Canterbury. Um, It has had a history uh, in the past, of course, of uh, upset results, so uh, I imagine nothing has been taken for granted here. Um, But Hawke's Bay are very, very warm favourites, and uh, we welcome uh, in their head coach for the first time. He's head coach of Hawke's Bay, uh, Josh Sims, this morning. Josh, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, Now you're numero uno. What's it like being the boss, mate? (laughs) Um, I'd I'd like to say I'm enjoying it, um, but probably... Yeah, no, no. At the moment, it's a bit of bit of pressure, bit of anxiety. Uh, all those things you get with that first Ranfurly Shield game of the year. So, how how do you how much has your role effectively changed? I know you're very hands on, um, along with Mark Ozich for the last few years. How effectively has it changed as such? Oh, look. As far as the um, the coaching detail, not a lot. Still, still doing the. Still doing the defence and the contact areas and the lineouts and the things that I love, um, but it's obviously you know you take on a bit more of the the responsibility and and the other things that come with it uh, around, around a bit of the digital stuff and a bit of the marketing stuff. So yeah, I guess it's a a little bit more of a public role than I've had previously. Okay, let's look at um, what you've uh, been able to do with uh, this side in particular, because a lot of them have been involved with. Uh, uh, other rugby, including club rugby around uh, Hawke's Bay, etc. How much uh, time have you had with the squad going into today? Um, well, we've had a couple of pre-season hit-outs. We, we were able to play the Hurricanes under-20s with a with a group of our academy guys um, and then and then play Manawa 2 with a group of our club players uh, a month later. Um, so, yeah, had a reasonable build-up. Obviously, it's a bit 
disjointed with players in Major League Rugby and Super Rugby, and, and, and obviously this year more than others, you know, Super Rugby has has called on those extra players, um, particularly for COVID and injury reasons, and with the growth into minor Pacifica. So yeah, we, we've it's been a bit disjointed, but uh, you know we're we're slowly pulling it together uh, at the moment to try and you know get the semblance of a squad ready for for the Bunnings uh, Championship. Okay, do you, do you spend much time? Do you, do you watch a bit of uh, Premier Rugby uh, in terms of club rugby? Uh, Josh, are you able to get out and do that? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, that's, that's that's the role. So, you know, we're always looking for the next player and the next one that we can. And and you know, we've been lucky in the past to, to pick up players out of club rugby. Um, Joel Hintz, you know, sort of being one of those players. Namatahiwa, another one. Guys that just uh, are playing club footy, and and you realise that they're you know, going to be a real gem and if you give them the time and, and the ability to train full time you can get great things out of them so uh, yeah, no, club footy is a big part of it and we've got um, oh, I think we've got four or five guys debuting from club footy tonight OK, so uh, let's uh, look at uh, your coaching structure this year, have, have you been able to assemble uh, all your assistants now? Yeah, you know, everyone's everyone's back on board. It's a, a, a bit the same thing, you know. Guys have to finish their current roles and expansions of competition. So Francisco de Formez is is back from uh, Toronto where he was coaching in the Major League Rugby. He arrived back uh, about two weeks ago. Um, and Brock James has, has come on board from the Ospreys in, in Wales. Uh, and he's our attack coach and backs coach. So... Um, with some of our local academy guy academy coaches as well as those three we've um, yeah we've got a pretty good structure going you have that's very powerful background there uh, what about player retention every now and then I see something on social media to say yes we have re-signed him we have re-signed him we have re-signed him uh, player retention overall looks to be pretty darn good Josh yeah, I mean, aside from the obvious, with Ash Dixon going to Japan um, and, and Tian Falcon um, being out injured, but essentially a uh, pretty similar side with a with a couple of signings uh, to announce later on once we've got through, I guess, the, the bulk of those returning. But uh, yeah, no, pretty settled, um, which is always a challenge, obviously, in, in the, you know the financial market when the guys are settled and guys want to stay and and obviously have contributed well. You know the money runs out pretty quickly when you want to keep everybody. Mm, absolutely, uh, you must be thrilled to see uh, the development of uh, some of your players uh, throughout Super Rugby, uh, and to the point where, of course, uh, uh, in Falau Fokatava's case, his elevation to uh, the highest level. So, I mean, these are kids that you started with um, at secondary school. Yep, yeah, no, it's wonderful, isn't it? You know, it's great to see the system working. Um, you know, you know, Falau and, and uh Lincoln and that huge cohort of, of six or seven Hastings boys boys that have, have gone on gone on to uh you know, represent us and then obviously super rugby and then now the you know, the black jersey and you know, it's fantastic. And and, and obviously we've also got the same in, in the blue jersey and in the Māori All Blacks jersey and in uh, the the uh, red jersey over in um, the Pacific Islands Nations Cup. So, you know, not only in New Zealand but around the world. So we're a pretty proud province and pretty proud of those young men. In Falau's case, um, you know, the elevation I don't think is unexpected because his form has just been uh, too good to resist. But 
What is what has uh, been the things that have sort of set him apart? Uh, I mean, you know, he looks very strong at breakdown time. He's an asset for you there. But what what are the things that that um, you've noticed his his quick development in? I mean, I think that the big joy with Salau is that you, what you see is what you get. Um, he's he's going to play the same for the HRS as local club sides uh, third team as he is going to play for the All Blacks. Um, you know, he, he loves the game. He loves, it wouldn't matter if we were playing tiddlywinks, he just loves the challenge uh, and loves, you know, winning and loves making sure everyone knows that he wins. So, yeah, I, I just think he, he's just continued under under Nuggy and, and obviously it was a bit of a master stroke from, from Dicko to, to get him down to, to the Highlanders because it's been huge in his growth. Um and I think you'll find with the All Blacks, you know, he's he's a brilliant finisher. Um, you need to win a game, and you need to you need to challenge those defenders who are getting tired around the ruck. He's he's the guy, and he's a run first player. So yeah, it could be quite exciting if they if they get, if he gets a run on the weekend. I'll tell you that. Back to today then, uh, and of course uh, it is after all around fairly shield, and I, I would. Is it is it something you have to remind uh, your players about, or even to to talk to the new players about the the specialness of this occasion? Oh, oh absolutely. You know, we we had the shield in in the changing room on uh, Sunday when we trained, and you know, it's it's a huge part of Hawks Bay sport, um, not just rugby, Hawks Bay sport, and and it's. It is a very important, very special part of of our province, um, and and there there aren't any players here, whether they be club, uh, MLR, or Super Rugby based, who don't realise its importance. Um, I've been on the you know the other end of the stick as far as challenging for the shield from a Heartland province when I coached Warrapa Bush, and I know the importance of these games to these Heartland provinces, um, and I know how heavily they'll prepare and how hard they'll work, and so. Yeah, no. Like for me, that 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 element is a, is a bit scary because you know it's uh, it is a challenge, and, and in all seriousness, you know the, the, these guys will come up and, and absolutely front, and it will make a you know not just a season, but probably make um make some careers if they're able to 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 take it away. And so we've taken it pretty seriously over the last sort of four weeks. Who are the players uh, the the players that we should be looking out for? The names that that might catch us by surprise or impressive this afternoon. You are from us or from them? <laughs> from me, um, yeah. From yeah, yeah. from you. I hope I hope only from us. Um, look, you know we, we've got Tom, our captain, from Parsons is back locking the scrum, which is great. Um, yeah, otherwise, there's some pretty pretty uh, pretty settled names across most of it. There's there's some new guys in there you might not recognise. Sam Smith come to us from Wellington. He's playing on the open side. Um, he's played a little bit for the Lions, but he's. Um, been behind Duplessis Karifi there and, and he's come up to try and make his name here in Hawks Bay so he might be one that's new to you guys. Um, Magella Tafunga playing on the wing, it's his debut as well. So he, he may uh, he may surprise a few and, and actually really good news stories for us has been uh, Lewis Bush who has come from Wairapa Bush, appropriately named. Um, he's, a, he's a prop who played in the Heartland last year, um, made some fantastic strides with his fitness and, and uh, his scrummaging, and he's he's hopefully going to debut off the bench in 18. So those are probably the new names for you. The rest are, are pretty settled. Hawks Bay Magpies. 
how many players um, have you got in your, your squad now that it's um, you, you say you've still perhaps got a couple to announce but how how many um, don't you have access to who are, are still resting as such Josh are, are, are you playing are you monitoring that yourself or is there regulation as such to say you can't quite have him uh, to you to you at this point yeah there's, there's, there's some of those I mean obviously we have um, three in the New Zealand Maldives um, a couple in the All Blacks uh, four away with Manu Samoa, four away with uh, Tonga, um, and then we have some who were uh, with Jeff Cridge, who was away with the Waratahs. He hasn't finished his break yet, um, and then a couple of returning Highlanders that are not quite available due to injury and workload. So, um, yeah, I think probably all up, I think we're missing about 19 of our contracted guys. Um, who would we'd like to have available in, in the season, but obviously that that's never quite the case with injury no, and on it. Yep, absolutely right. Okay, um, burning question: uh, What have you been able to uh, find out about South Canterbury this time round? Uh, well, yeah, South Canterbury's you know it's always been a challenge. When I was in the coaching war up at Bush in the Heartland, I was never able to beat them. They were always. Uh, I guess them and Wanganui were always heavyweights uh, that we struggled with. Um, but look, they've got a really settled uh, a sort of 8-9-10 combination, Willie Wright um, and, and Sam Briggs, who, who play in, in their 9-10 space, who are fantastic players. Probably, you know, quality of, of, of uh, playing in, in the Mighty Central Bunnings Championship, sorry. Um, and then they have a really strong forward pack. They, they, they dominate uh, up front and... and when I played them, they used to do that too. And yeah, we're going to have to deal with that first, and then, you know, hopefully we were able to give uh, Willie and Sam a bit of a bit of back football and and put them under a bit of pressure so that we can sort of get a bit of ascendancy there. But no, they're they're they're, they're a quality side. They they always have been. They set the bar in in, in the Meads Cup, and and uh, you know we're going to have to deal with that. You know, for, for quite a long period of time in the game. What you have got uh, in your side, uh, Josh Sims, is probably the strongest halfback grouping in uh, in world rugby. In world rugby at the moment, I'm saying it as a collective, um, you're looking uh, perhaps if they were ever all available to you. Falau, of course, you've got uh, Brad Weber and uh, Anari, and of course uh, Connor McLeod, who you've got playing today, who's a very skillful player with limited opportunity. So, how are, how are your riches than your nine jersey looking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we throw to that that on the bench we've got Sheridan Rangihuna who's played forty odd games for mm. Wellington as well. So um yeah, no, we've had look, we're blessed. The problem problem with that is you've got to play them all. Um you know, I know when, when Brad wasn't selected for, for the All Blacks he was straight on the blower and, and uh really keen to make sure he was <laughs> available and told the coaches he was available for selection for the Magpies. So I mean that's classic Brad Weber. Um and obviously, Indianati the same as when he returns from from Monday Samoa duties uh, on the 18th of, of July. You know, he's desperate to get back and playing again and contention for Super next year. So, yeah, and, and of course, Connor Crocky. I mean, Connor's Connor last year ruptured his knee and warm up against Otago, and so we didn't see anywhere near the best of him. Um, but again, we're, you know, he's played for Otago and and played for us. We're, we're pretty we're pretty lucky. Looking forward to it uh, this afternoon, Josh. I imagine you are. There's a lot, lot of uh, months between uh, hands-on and being hands-on again, so I'm sure you're looking forward to it yourself. Uh, good luck in that first uh, outing. Hope it goes well, and uh, uh, all the best for the season. Thanks uh, for filling us in. No problem. Thanks, Millie.
Cheers, Josh. Uh, Josh Sums, uh, now the head coach of uh, the Hawks Bay Magpie, uh, Magpies. And uh, honestly, um, very talented group he's been able to uh, hold on to as well. Um, uh, the reign they had uh, uh, with Mark Ozich and Josh Sims uh, at the top together. Uh, and now, of course, uh, you hear about uh, the quality of uh, the influence of the likes of Brock James coming in uh, and looking at the back line as well. So uh, they're going to be formidable again, Hawks Bay. Can't wait for um, our local rugby, our local provincial rugby to start again. It's uh, one of the highlights of the season. 10-17 here on SENZ Panel Next. New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. And our panel today consists of uh, Hamish Bidwell and Gordon Findlater. Gordon, uh, good morning to you, Gordon. Uh, interesting, uh, the All Blacks just keep going down, it seems. Uh, we're hearing rumours, perhaps, of another two or three this morning. Um, Gordon, w- what is this All Black team going to look like, you think, when they name it finally? Well, yeah, tell you what, Smithy, I mean, geez, coming into this series, you, you look at the Irish, the fact they beat us last year, uh, you know, they did well in the Six Nations, and, and you add in what's going on this week, and, I mean, geez, they've just got to be licking their lips, don't they? I mean, if, if ever there was an opportunity for them to get a historic series win in New Zealand, uh, if it's not meant to be now, then it will never meant to be, surely. Hamish, are we looking at a method of the future? No hands-on coaching. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing the coaching by remote because it's effectively, I guess, what's happening now. Although Joe Smith's come in, what, what, how do you see uh, his role? Critical. Uh, a, a huge boost, I think. The less that Ian Foster's hands are on the tiller, the better. Um, I'd, I'd almost say the same for John Buntree. It's good that Sam Whitelock's basically running the forwards this week. And I think... The thing that we've we've lamented on Foster's tenure is a lack of clarity around the All Blacks, a lack of actual leadership, whether that's on or off field. Um, real plan about how they're going to play. Uh, Smith's a real detail man. The fact that at Bolan this week's an incredible stroke of luck that it only adds that level of detail and clarity that the team will go out with. I think this is really exciting. I think it's shades of the baby blacks of 86. I think the All Blacks can't lose this week if they win. Uh, it's a magnificent achievement to go up with some of the great uh, test match wins we've ever had. If they lose, they'll get a pass mark. But I think more than anything, uh, I think this is a team that the country have sort of gradually fallen out of love with. They find um, them hard to relate to, hard to like. Um, I think this is a, a chance for everyone to rally around the team. Um, the team themselves will be sweet. Like I just, players are really myopic. Um, they, they, they're inwardly focused. They'll have their jobs and they'll be concentrating on those and they won't really care about who's not there, who's not coaching. They'll just be wanting to do what they do. Um, yeah, I think it's all around a really exciting development and perhaps a look to the future, a, a future hopefully without Ian Foster. Uh, well, Hamish, that's an interesting point you raise. Can you remember a time when um, you're an experienced journalist when we'd sort of fallen out of uh, in love with the All Blacks uh, previously uh, for the same reasons? 81 would come to mind, um, obviously with the Springboks uh, tour that was here. Um, 86 a bit because we were getting over the Cavaliers situation. Um, but the 91 World Cup team where um, there was an Auckland influence, John Hart was foisted upon Alex Wiley late in the, in the cycle. Um, I think that team had run its race with the public and um, you know, Laurie Maines wasn't a popular choice after um, Wiley and Hart, but 
he actually got the public back on board a bit. He got rid of that Auckland influence and he changed things. He wasn't immediately successful, but um, teams after that, by, coached by John, John Hart, reaped the benefit of, of, of Mainz's work. So I, they'd be instances where I would think that the, yeah, the public had had a bit of enough. Gordon, do, do you feel the same way? Are you um, are you quite happy and quite refreshed uh, even before he's coached a game this year to see that uh, he's not effectively hands-on here, Ian Foster? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are going to have a, a, a bigger interest in this game purely because his hands aren't on it so much. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a very good point. If you look the last few years, it, it's very fair to say that, that you know people have fallen out of love with this team. Uh, there's g- definitely going to be a few cynics that will be, be looking at this and go, hey, look, if the All Blacks get up here, um, you know, with, with Foster not completely being on board, then geez, that's, that's just another ad- advocate or another reason to say, is he the right man for the job going into the World Cup? Yeah, it is, actually. Before that, of course, uh, Gordon... Uh, tonight, uh, tour, the mini tour kicks off tonight against uh, New Zealand Māori. There'll be passion. Um, and at this stage, New Zealand Māori are the underdogs. Not sure about that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at especially a few positions here. There's, there's guys that have a point to prove. I'm really interested to see what sort of uh, performances come from the likes of TJ Piranara and Brad Weber. Cullen Grace is obviously the other one. Uh, going up what looks like a fairly inexperienced Irish Ford pack. So, I mean, those players in particular, there's, there's some guys there that probably feeling the sting of uh, missing out on AB selection and they'll be looking to prove a point tonight. OK, um, let's uh, look at some uh, cricket, can we? Hamish uh, spoke to David White yesterday. Uh, he said there will be a review. There always is. I'm not expecting anything to come out of it. Um, what about you? I listened to that interview, actually, and the only thing missing was the sound of you banging your head against the wall because you weren't getting much out of uh, David White, unfortunately. Um, yeah, look, the thing that's galling about this whole thing, um, and it's highlighted by what Brendan McCullum's doing, and I mentioned this to, this to you before, is that we had innovation, we had um, fearless cricket, we had uh, different ways of skinning the cat. New Zealand on a talent basis isn't as good as the major test playing nations such as India, Australia and England. So we have to be clever, we have to use our resources in the um, the right manner, we have to be innovative in the way we play our cricket we have to be positive and I think we've gone down a really conservative route um, I, I, I go on about this but I think we need white ball and red ball coaches, I think it's time to mix that up mm. so that we get our better cricket minds involved but it was such um, such stodgy, conservative uh Cricket, cricket sort of played not to lose. You know, let's let's pick a hundred batsmen because we don't rate any of the guys at the top. Like it just, it just seems so poorly thought out, and that's the frustration we have. In the very recent past, had to think about our cricket and had to do it really well because of our lack of resources. And to see the way England marshaled theirs while we fumbled around with ours was really frustrating. Yeah, but see, uh, you make a point there, but I, I you know, uh, I don't. This is what I don't get about it. Uh, we couldn't win the series, that was gone. So when you don't, you don't have an opportunity to win a series, you look at least to try and learn something, learn something, develop something, uh, give some guys experience. That was a perfect example uh, to play Ajaz Patel in English conditions. That was a perfect example to perhaps try someone like Blair Tickner or someone that you've flown over at the last minute. 
But there we were going Hamish into a test match, a five day test match with three bowlers. Three bowlers. I, I, I mean, that's almost unheard of. And, and two of the three bowlers are out on their feet. Um, Bolt's effort in this series has been really manful given the lack of preparation he had. But the, 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 the thinking behind the whole selection of the team was, was crazy. Patel has to play. Like he, we have to know about Patel. He has to learn to develop. If he's not a better bowler than Jack Leach, I'll eat my hat. Credit to Jeet Patel and to Ben Stokes who've got something out of Jack Leach. But he has been almost a laughing stock in international cricket until this series. And now we've turned him into a world beater. Mm, we have indeed. Uh, yeah, 10 wickets uh, and uh, we didn't have a spinner. Re- effectively didn't have a spinner. Uh, quite hard to fathom. Uh, it's 10.30 here on SENZ. Araha with uh, an update and then we'll be back with Gordon Finlater and Hamish Bidwell for part two of the panel. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Hey, Miss Bidwell with us this morning, along with uh, Gordon Finletter. And Gordon, uh, I just wonder uh, your impressions of uh, the cricket. I know you're, you're uh, a keen follower of, of it, but uh, we've gone backwards uh, seriously this calendar year, and uh, something needs to happen, surely. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you guys touched on it just before, but, I mean, you've really got to scratch your head at, at Ajaz Patel missing selection, particularly in that last test, it, it makes you wonder. There was everything on day five of that second test, which goes, well, surely you've learned a lesson here. Um, it obviously wasn't learned. How much do you need to drum into the, the, the selectors? Uh, Kane Williamson, Gary said, the guys selecting this team. There's a good chance the game goes to day five. You're bowling. You need to take 10 wickets. I mean, since Daniel Vittori, we've been crying out for something coming close to a world-class spinner. Uh, we've seen, you know, the likes of Mitchell Satner, that the all-rounder, the guy that can bat, the guy that, you know, was handy for a few overs, it, it just doesn't cut the cake. We've got a guy that is, is the closest thing we've had to proving that he's world-class, and we don't pick him. It's, it's just mind-boggling. The guy's 33 years old. I think we're going to look back in a few years and go, we had someone, and... And we missed we miss our opportunity to have a genuinely good spinner in this team that can do a job late in test matches. Well, I can relate back to um, our time back in um, the 80s, and a lot of people don't like reminiscing, but we had an issue too where we didn't play our spinners enough. Uh, John Bracewell and Stephen Bock were damn sight better bowlers than uh, we see in, a, in the current crop. Uh, and we played them overseas, but we didn't play them much at home. Uh, got away with it there, um, just as they seem to get away with it here, Gordon. But uh, what it effectively means is that, you know, you, you've got to play half your test matches uh, around the world. Um, and, and you can't just exist on, on home victories unless you guarantee you're going to win every single game. And now, of course, we can't do that, Gordon. So we certainly, we've got to do something. And if Paul Weissman isn't good enough as our spin bowling developer, let's buy one in, Surely. Yeah, and I mean, you look, you know, they've made a conscious effort, uh, you know, in the last few years to, you know, we, we see guys going away as, as teenagers or in their early 20s to, to get experience over in foreign conditions. So when are we going to start seeing this? Um, you know, I, I, I just think, yeah, we've, we've, we've missed a trick with AJs. Certainly have uh, missed a trick with him. So, uh uh, I'll be interested to see what, uh, if anything comes out of the re- over review. It certainly won't be made public anyway. 
Uh, let's uh, look at uh, some golf, Hamish. I know you like uh, talking about the, this uh, LIV situation and the PGA. Uh, and it seems that the PGA and DP World Tour, which effectively is uh, the European Tour, of course, have strengthened their alliance, extending the partnership through for another 12 to 13 years. Uh, I guess that's a, a, some sort of a symbol of strength, or is it? I'm not sure it'll phase Greg Norman, will it? Well, it's going to weaken the DP World Tour because more guys from there are going to be eligible to play on the um, on the PGA Tour potentially because of the way the um, the rankings and points things will work. Uh, it's a there's a plantation mentality in golf, and it's headed by the PGA Tour. We are the the landowners. We have all the money. You are the hired help. You will work where and when we say so. Uh, I don't see the Alliance doing anything for the DP World Tour. Guys, American guys won't travel regularly to play in Europe. That's what they're trying to trumpet. It won't happen. Um, the thing with Liv is they're, they're in a corner now, uh, a massive corner. The, the big issue that's coming up for them is going to come after the Open Championship at St Andrews, where I think there's going to be a decision made on whether Liv events will receive official world golf rankings. Um, at this stage, Liv players can, are still eligible to play the major championships on, on rankings and on um, being previous champions, that sort of thing. But once they stop accumulating world ranking points by playing PGA or DP World Tour events, they're going to be stuffed. Guys won't be able to play the majors. And while you can play the majors and you can dictate your schedule a bit more and you can play less events, as the live guys seem to want to, um, it's, it's a workable situation. But if they can't get official world ranking points, they're going to be stuffed. So effectively, too, Hamish. The other thing uh, is that I guess uh, they f- they feel these guys uh, that who are possibly sacrificing uh, Ryder Cup positions are sacrificing the ability to play in majors, which uh, ultimately is, I suppose, was the carrot uh, to them. Um, whether they think uh, enough of them go, uh, then the the uh, establishment will bow to pressure. I'm not sure that's going to happen. So. Have they done? Have they done the right thing? You think these guys? Will there be any of them thinking, "Uh oh, uh oh, they're not going to bend here"? Depends on your age and stage. So Pat Perez, as he said this morning on a live press conference, I'm 46. I've just won the lottery. You know, I've been on tour for 20 years. It's not going to get any better for me. This is a great payday. I'm stoked. Um, if you're a younger player, if you're Matthew Wolf, I think he's 22, who defected. Um, I can call it that, the other day. It's it's potentially an issue for someone like him. But the thing that bores me about this, and I'm not a Phil Mickelson enthusiast, but he's leveled all these criticisms at the PGA Tour. And now, you know, you, you don't pay us enough, you don't put on good enough events, you make us play too often. Uh, there's, there's no global aspect to what you're doing. Well, they have turned around and done all the things that he criticised them for, which showed that they could have done it. Um, some people will say good on them for doing it unfortunately with golf a lot of the people talking about the sport have a vested interest they owe the PGA Tour their living and so you can't get a straight answer or an unbiased opinion but yeah if you're a younger player and you've signed up with Liv at the moment I think you're probably a little bit more nervous than you were a week ago the Warriors are home, Gordon. The Warriors are home. A lot of emotion there at Mount Smart Stadium yesterday, including their first hit out in training gear on their hallowed turf. Uh, what are you expecting this weekend? Emotion to get in the way, or are you expecting uh, a really good performance? I, I think it's what they need. I mean, you, you look at what this team's been through the last few years. It, it's all good and well, you know, trying, or, you know, telling players to buy into this thing that is, 
bigger than you. It's about the team. It's about this amazing fan base or this vocal fan base. But when you can't actually see it, uh, there's only so much that words can do. So I think especially for a lot of these guys, I mean, you you, um, you look at some of these guys have played close to, to 50 games for the Warriors and have never played at home at Mount Smart. Um, I, I think it's the, the, the refresh, the reset this team needs. Tell you what, though, if they don't win, the last few years have looked bad, but they've never been uh, front-runner for the wooden spoon bad. So if, if, if we lose against the Tigers on Sunday... Uh, you're looking at us and the Titans in a race for that wooden spoon, and 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 that is a very very low point in what has been some pretty low years recently. Very scary indeed, uh, Gordon Finlader. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Hamish Bidwell. Uh, thank you for yours and uh, your considered opinions as always, fellas. We'll have another panel uh, tomorrow morning uh, around about the same time. It is uh, coming up to ten forty-two here on SENZ. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yep, 10.46 here, and uh, after 11 o'clock, don't forget, we shall be talking to Andre Mikhailovich, uh, of course, New Zealand middleweight boxer, who has now surged his way into uh, the top 15 with the IBF and WBO rankings uh, after his latest knockout performance in Australia. Uh, Andre Mikhailovich will be our guest just after 11. Looking forward to talking to, to him, to finding out uh, a bit more about him and certainly who have been influencing him, his uh, very impressive path uh, on the way forward so far. Uh, I've had uh, a few texts that have come in. Uh, surely the Warriors are being soft. Look at the 2011 Crusaders. Half the houses of the team had gone, didn't play a game at home, still made the final. Adversity can be a motivator. Not a distraction if the players uh, only want it to be. I, I think that's a very fair point. Uh, a lot of people do uh, use the downside of things um, to, <coughs> to, to force them to go up. Uh, and you can do that. But y- y- you need to be a special kind of a person for that because if you're not confident in what you're doing and things aren't going well, uh, the other side of it sneaks in very quickly and that's the downside. Uh, and uh, I can also sympathise greatly uh, with uh, people that have not been home to see their family and friends for a long time, um, as a tourist, uh, you know that's one of the things you miss the most. I can promise you. Uh, and uh, at least uh, back in our day, um, <coughs> we had a date, an EDA, ETA, uh, an estimated time of arrival back in New Zealand. Uh, we knew that we were coming home, uh, come hell or high water, because at the end of a tour or at the end of a, a match, you just knew you were on the plane home. So you always had that to look forward to. These guys have not had that. They really haven't. They haven't had a lot of surety in their lives. Uh, and I, I would imagine for some of them, uh, they couldn't believe their luck until they actually landed back in New Zealand because you just never know these days uh, what's going to spring up. So uh, the, these guys, I, I do feel for them. This has been an extended, extended period of adversity as such. So if they can turn it into a, motivation, a motivating tool, uh, then I wish them all the very best. And if they do, I feel sorry for the West Tigers. Uh, Smithy, uh, what would happen if South Canterbury were to win today? Would the Ranfilly Shield spend the season in the Heartland Championship or uh, New Zealand Rugby make them defend it against the higher tier province to keep it in the NPC? Well, Anthony, <coughs> the way I look at it, under the rules at the moment, uh, it would uh, they'd have to go back and, and defend it against their peers, uh, which are the people in Heartland Rugby. Uh, and until um, there was a directive that um, perhaps they have to, as one of their two challenges outside their competition, which it currently sits at, if they had to accept, were made to accept um, a top-tier challenger from uh, the NPC, 
stay there for a long time, wouldn't it, until the rules changed, uh, as far as I can see. So um, if you, you look at the fact that um, they can't have a crack at it unless they get invited to as a special challenge pre-season, uh, then I imagine that uh, the same rules would apply if they took it back to uh, Heartland Rugby. And uh, if uh, South Canterbury win that shield today, there'll be quite a few upset of people in Hawke's Bay. There'll be a massive amount of people happy around the country and it will be one of the great sporting stories and we'll fill tomorrow's show with it. I can promise you that. Uh, Ian, why don't we play Irish in Test cricket? Uh, are they not a Test team now? Yes, they are. They are a Test team now. Uh, and that'll be on the cards at some point. I would imagine it'll be part of the World Test Championship going forward, and that was one of the things David White did talk to us about. They're about to finalise uh, the Test Championship from 2023-2027. The document has been prepared. It just has to be accepted by all parties. <clears throat> so there, there may well be an opportunity at some point for us to play Ireland and Belfast in a Test match. How cool would that be? Um, and uh, here's a recommendation from Dean. Uh, Power Play Shield, Smithy South Canterbury to lead at any time, $5, easy money. $5 today, easy money. Uh, I don't believe they, they will win, but if they got a penalty in the first 10 minutes and led 3-0, how often do you see that happen? Uh, South Canterbury, you just never know. What a day to roll on, um, and uh, really, it's uh, going to be an interesting afternoon. Not sure of the kickoff actually. I, I thought it was 4.30, the way I read it on uh, my Sky Guide, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. They might be playing it delayed. I hadn't thought about that. I thought it might be, uh, it might have been a three o'clock game. They might hold it back for school kids and uh, parents finishing work a bit early. So uh, we'll try and get confirmation of that. And Dave, Dave, you've texted in, text in about the Hawks Bay song. Don't worry about it, mate. You wait till just before twelve o'clock. You'll hear it. Ten fifty one. Date. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. <laughs> Cambridge Synthetic today uh, and uh, at 11.55 uh, that comes in. First race uh, about an hour away, so give us something, Louis Herman, what, please? Yeah, the Cambo Synthetic, the uh, Champagne Synthetic as it would be. And in the first, Champagne Princess, well, gee whiz, four starts on the track, popped the champagne out of three of them. Course and distance, two from two. This is the first on the card. The rating 74. Darren and Sam Weatherly, lethal combo. Um, the Cafe Empress comes up a grade in the same race. Gets four kegs off Champagne Princess. Won super here last start, and I think found a bit of form. Ben Foot Stable was flying, locally trained. I'm just taking the Quinella. I'm taking Champagne Princess and Cafe Empress. I think I, I, I would tip Cafe Empress over Champagne Princess, but only just. And then race four, the other races I'm watching, White Lightning. Fraser Orette has a Raider up there, which is interesting. Back in grade, number two, Sam Spratt rides. Uh, but this is a very even race. Magic Show, I like. I just think it's too short at $2.50. And then Kelly Keeper, interesting market move here. I was watching for this with Crystal Lindsay, who rides the track well as an apprentice. 12 9858 so, Kelly Keeper, draw nine with the lightweight. Can it jump, get to the front, run away with this one? It's an interesting little race, race four. I've got Kelly Keeper um, very closely to my numbers. But Cafe Empress and Champagne Princess, a Quinella to start your day, Smitty. All good. Thank you very much, uh, Louis Herman. What uh, hear from you, of course, uh, on the breakfast show to, with the lads tomorrow morning. 
Um, and I think we can pop across to uh, Pip Morris now, who's uh, joined us this morning, as usual, on a Wednesday. Pip, uh, very, very busy uh, day-to-day in Palmerston North. You've got extra races there. I counted up, what, 17 races? Nope. Not there. Absolutely not there, Pip. Well, I counted 17 races anyway. I'm hoping that uh, Pip Morris is uh, with us. At some point, no, doesn't look like we're going to get here this morning. That's the way I look at it. Anyway, 17 races at Palmerston North and uh, Palmerston North Extra Greyhounds today. I uh, always look forward to uh, perhaps giving us uh, one or two possibilities, but she's gone this morning, so we're not going to uh, uh, have that by the look of it. So uh, the other markets to look at, uh, to have a look at, is uh, New Zealand Maori against Ireland, of course, where New Zealand Maori... Uh, the uh, outsiders on that one, I wouldn't be writing them off. I think that's a real possibility. That would be my bet of the day with the passion to overcome. Some of the newbies from Ireland wouldn't have experienced that in the Tron. It is coming up to 11 o'clock, boxing after the break. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's 11.02 here on SENZ. Uh, we're just struggling to get hold of Andre Mikhailovich. It's one of the frustrations of the job, but however, our guys will keep trying for that. Uh, I can uh, just tell you a, a couple of little sports headlines that have uh, come through. What Football fans have drawn nil all with Wales and they're friendly in Spain. New Zealand has had the majority of the possession. Numerous opportunities and attack were unable to get many shots on goal. Uh, there was uh, one change from the side that was beaten 2-0 by Norway at the weekend with uh, Malia Steinmetz replacing Betsy Hassett. The Ferns are yet to record a win in 2022, having now lost five and drawn two. Heat must be starting to go on a few people there, you would imagine. The opportunities uh, continuing to abound there. Uh, much, many more games are available to them, and of course, they're building towards uh, the World Cup, which is here and in Australia next year. Their next scheduled game is against Japan in October. Uh, New Zealand co-hosts the FIFA World Cup with Australia next year. Uh, and the PGA and uh, the DP World Tour have uh, announced that they're extending their joint venture by 13 years amid the ongoing threat posed by the Saudi Arabia-backed Live Golf International Series. It has already poached a handful of high-profile players. As part of the new partnership, which runs through to 2035, the PGA Tour will increase its existing stake in European Golf Productions Tour to 40% from 15. It's an increase, of course, of 25%. In addition, from 2023, the top 10 players in the DP World Tour rankings will receive PGA Tour cards for the following season. Now, the DP World Tour will also guarantee growth in annual prize funds to its membership for the next five years. The game of golf is rallying, says Jay Monaghan, the controversial PGA Tour commissioner, um, and uh, he said that in, con- in a conference with uh, his uh, offsider at DP World Golf, uh, Keith Pally. Today's announcement should serve as further evidence that the ecosystem of professional golf continues to innovate and thrive. Uh, while uh, no ad- additional co-sanctioned events were announced as part of the pact, which builds on the success of the existing strategic alliance between the two tours that was unveiled in November 2020, the circuit said they would continue to coordinate a worldwide schedule. 
Uh, still, in fact, the next tour event is um, getting underway. Um, Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland, Oregon. Now, what effectively uh, that might mean is to uh, Ryan Fox is uh, he's had such a great season. His rankings are getting pretty close to being uh, eligible, I would have think, for a PGA Tour card. Whether he would take it or not, I do not know, but uh, I'm assuming that uh, that uh, would be something that's on his mind, whether it's a dream or not. But uh, the fact that a number of players are leaving the PGA Tour to go um, and are being suspended in the process, uh, that would mean that I would imagine that Ryan Fox's weights go up in terms of uh, whether he wants to uh, perhaps be available to go there uh, and, and play and play his trade there because he's in the, the hottest of form. Uh, so uh, we're battling a wee bit uh, at the moment. I'm not seeing any uh, bright lights on the horizon when it comes to um, Andre Mikhailovich. So um, we might just take a short break here and uh, regroup and uh, come up with uh, an idea or two. Thank you. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, we tried to try to get hold of uh, Andre Mikhailovich this morning to have a chat about him. Would have been nice to, to get to know him, but uh, we've gone one better, actually, because uh, uh, we've gone for uh, Dean Lonigan, uh, the bloke, of course, who knows uh, all there is to know about Andre Mikhailovich. He is available to us, Dino, this morning at very late notice, and that exciting because uh, it's an important time for Dean Lonigan as well. As, uh, he's reinstigated Fight for Life, which is taking part on July 21st, and Andre Mikhailovich is one of his star turns on that particular card. Dino, thank you very much for uh, answering your phone and coming to our rescue somewhat. Uh, uh, an exciting prospect, this Andre Mikhailovich, mate. Mate, he is something special. We've had Andre now for three fights over here in Australia, and every one of those fights, he's either won in the first round, the second round, or the third round, and the Australian commentators are just going mad over the guy, saying every time we knock someone out, it's a knockout of the year. And uh, he is, you know, he's now ranked number 13, I think, in the IBF, number 12, in the WBO, and uh, he's a knockout specialist. And he's exciting to watch. He's great in the media. It's a shame you could get hold of him, Smithy, because he's just an out-and-out good bloke. He's got a fascinating backstory. He was part of the uh, a whole lot of Russian immigrants, not immigrants, but Russian orphans that came over, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s, and he was part of that wave when he came over as a baby and uh, adopted into a New Zealand family and, uh, you know, had a bit of a, a rough ride through his teens and then found boxing, and now he's... Uh, He's married, would you believe, at 22, 23 years of age. He's got a couple of kids, and uh, he's also uh, an engineer and uh, and a full-time boxer. So like, the guy's incredibly talented, and uh, i got to say, something very special, and he's made a big name for himself here in Australia, and he's about to make a big name in New Zealand. He's taken on a guy called Francis Whiteye, who uh, just fought over here in Australia. Whiteye's 5-1, uh, and one, never been stopped, and I can promise you this. Andre Mikhailovich will stop and knock, knock him out on Fight for Life night, and it will be spectacular. And if you're going to go to Fight for Life or you're going to watch Fight for Life, Andre Mikhailovich is, is a guy that you really want to watch because I'm telling you, Smithy, he's very talented and I think he's capable of going all the way. It's an interesting story, Dean. I mean, that, that's a book in itself already, isn't it? When you, you look at that, come over as an orphan, uh, get adopted, uh, and then just have that uh, determination to make a life for yourself. Uh, uh, incredible. I mean, is he the kind of boxer if the knockout didn't come early on? In the, is, he, is he a distance fighter as well, do you feel? Yeah, look, he is. He, there's no doubt that he can go the distance. And what's happened, Smithy, is he used to fight at a weight called Super Welterweight, which I think off the head, top of my head is about 69 kilos. He's now fighting a weight up at 72, 73 at middleweight. What that's allowed him to do is that you don't have to lose that weight. 
so it, it's made him a lot stronger. And the fact that he's stronger, he's now knocking guys out. So he's more than capable of going the distance. He's got great boxing skills. He's trained by Isaac Peach. He's got a little centre of excellence going out there in uh, West Auckland, the White Tax, mate. It's in the middle of nowhere. And you come into this massive place where he's got a, a gymnasium built. He gets a whole lot of people coming from wild West Auckland to train with him. Uh, not only to train, but also to, you know, just to keep fit and healthy. But uh, Isaac Peach is a... I think he's one of the master coaches at the moment in New Zealand boxing, and he's also got a guy called Jerome Pampelone who's going to be on the fight for life as well. And he's up against uh, Francis Chur, I think the guy's name is Chucky, and uh, named after Chucky, the the, the doll on uh, what is it, uh, the, the horror story. But mate, he, he can really fight. So we're in for some great real fights as well as the celebrity fights on Fight for Life on on uh, July twenty one. Well, uh, Dino, I can inform people that when you and I worked together in a previous life, uh, your fight for life was very big in your life as such because you used to le- you used to leave the studio sometimes early because you had meetings to attend and, and everything to put together for this damn thing. So <laughs> this time around, how's the how's it going? How's how's it all shaping up for you? Look, it's busy as all heck, Smithy, because me and my son Liam uh, are in Australia right now. We've got a world title fight, would you believe, with Jai Obataya this Saturday night at the Gold Coast Convention and Exhibition Centre, and he's fighting a guy called Maris Breeders, who's the number one cruiserweight in the world. So that's a big deal for us. And then we come straight out of this, fly back to New Zealand, then put Fight for Life on in July 21. Fortunately, we've got a good team at home who's uh, doing the legwork and putting most of it together, and mate, we'll just put the finishing touches on it when we get home. Okay, so um, after Fight for Life for Andrei Mikhailovich, um, uh, is the possibility of a bout with, uh, is it Michael Zarafa on the cards? Look, we'd love for him to fight Michael Zarafa, but Zarafa right now is number two in the IBF, um, and he is probably going to, his next fight will be a world title fight, so he will be shunning every, every fight until he gets that world title fight, but he has got contractual issues with his current promoter, so that's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. But Andre's probably no more than five, maybe six fights away from, you know, his own world title shot. And the biggest thing we've got to do is just get him well-known in New Zealand. And uh, Fight for Life is obviously, it's a pretty damn big platform, um, which we've had, I've got to tell you, Smitty, there's been a huge amount of interest from a corporate point of view and GA point of view. People are buying into this thing, so I'm really, really flattered that seven years after we last did it, mate, people remember it and they're coming back to it. And, of course, on the main card, Kevin Bialamu versus Wairangi Cooper, you know, 100 First time we've had a hundred test all black in there, so mate, that's exciting as well. Absolutely, up against uh, a really popular uh, Warangi Kupu. Uh How are you expecting that to go? What's the what's the word on Kevy? Well, Monty Beatham is training Kevy, and he con- Monty tr- contacted me probably eighteen months ago, saying, "Listen, I've got Kevin Mialamu wants to have a fight, and by the way, he's really really good at this." And he's got a hell of a motor. I've never seen anything like it. Now, when Monty Beaton makes a statement like that, you've got to sit up and listen. And uh, Kevin actually has designs, I think, on you know winning the New Zealand Heavyweight Championship uh, belt at some stage, which will be a New Zealand Heavyweight title, which would be quite quite a, a thing to do, you know, just like Paul Gillen uh, has done over here in Australia. And, of course, we've got Liam Messam on the card as well. And Liam has designs mm-hmm. on becoming a full-time boxer at the end of his career. So... It's quite interesting. In Australia, it's the rugby league guys that flip into pro boxing, whereas in, uh, in New Zealand, it looks like the rugby boys are going to uh, have a serious crack at it. 
And on that subject, of course, uh, you've matched up uh, Carlos Spencer, who's uh, come back from coaching rugby in the the States. We had Carlos on, actually. He was really motivated about this and looking forward to getting back in the gym every single day uh, to get ready for his fight. Uh, And uh, what do you you make of that one? Oh, mate, anyone who fight for life, they are very... In New Zealand rugby history, I don't think there'd be one person in New Zealand didn't know who he was. So that's enough to make him motivated because mate, he doesn't want to go out there and lose, you know. Okay, so uh, let's look at uh, how people can can get involved in it. I mean, usually you sell these things out. You're so damn good at it. So what's the situation with availability, etc.? And how can people get hold of things? If you want, if you want to buy, if you want to buy general admission tickets, just go to Event Finder. .co.nz, that's eventfinder.co.nz, and if you want uh, a, a corporate table, get hold of Jenny on 021-851-637, that's 021-851-637, and mate, she'll look after you, and we've only got a few corporate tables left, so uh, get in quick, and mate, I'll tell you what, Smithy, it's been, it's been flattering and humbling to see how much people remember this event and want to go to it again. Dino, uh, just before we let you go, and, and thank you again for making yourself available at the, the last uh, second, uh, the Warriors are home now, uh, so massive occasion back in New Zealand. I know you've had boxing on your mind, etc., but you would not have been ignoring the Warriors' plight. Uh, what are you expecting out of the homecoming? They had a, a, a poor footy yesterday where they were welcomed a lot of them for the first time ever to Mount Smart Stadium. They've been away from home for a thousand days. What are you expecting? Well, hopefully they rise to the occasion. I think they've got they got the West Tigers, which is a club yep. that's uh, in, in their own, but it's dry. I know they've got a sold-out ground, so I would expect the Warriors will rise to the occasion, and they should win this game and win it with some ease. Uh, the club, I've got to be honest with you, nothing short of a massive disappointment this year. But uh, now that they're back on their home ground, there's no more excuses, and uh, they just got to get on and win. If they want to win over the New Zealand public, you've got to win. And this, this it, it's got to start here. And, of course, with the great Stacey Jones in charge... I'm hoping mm. that'll be the case because he's one of, he's one of rugby leagues and life's good guys. Yeah, I was going to say Stacey Jones at the helm, something that we perhaps uh, we didn't expect. He's uh, classed himself as just an interim coach at this stage. Uh, so, yeah, interesting for Stacey. It's probably something he didn't expect. Well, I guess he was he was assistant coach, I guess, to uh, uh, Nathan Brown, and um, you know he's the obvious replacement for the short term. So. Uh, Look, we'll see how Stace goes. And I've got to say, too, Smithy, just quickly, big shout-out to my two major sponsors on Fight for Life, Burger King, who will be nothing short of fantastic, of course, mm-hmm. to build, uh, build people. Mate, uh, they've been both incredible sponsors. Without them, we couldn't be doing it. So I've just got to give them a bit of a plug there, mate, as you well know. Yeah, and uh, I don't mind that at all, Dino. Um, the, and the other, uh, the other thing, I've got to ask you this. I mean, he's been a friend to our other show. Uh, Jimmy Bannigan and uh, Mel Meninga and the Maroons and all those boys might be hurting a wee bit this week, yeah? Oh, they certainly were. I could not believe the result. What was it, 42-something? It's like I, uh, mm. I, went to, I, I went to bed early over here because we're in Queensland at the moment. The, the game was in Perth. I went to bed early, and uh, Queensland were ahead. They'd scored the first try. It was 6-0 up, and then they got destroyed in the second half. So it's fair to say that the Queenslanders have got a lot of recovering to do, but don't write them off because the last game is at Suncorp. It will be a sellout. 
and a lot of the time that uh, that Suncorp crowd will cheer them home, you know. So uh, it's going to be an, an intriguing last game, that's for sure. And I tell you what's amazing, Smitty, and I, this never ceases to blow me away. We had in the Auckland Warriors Ivan Cleary as the coach, and the year that he went to not only the grand final in first grade, second grade, and third grade, our dumb clowns sacked him, and with him went the current best player in the game, his son Nathan. Can you believe the stupidity of the Warriors back then? Can you believe that, Smithy? And here we are, that we keep making the same mistakes over and over again. It's very frustrating being a rugby league fan in New Zealand. I can promise you that. Well, at least we're going to see some. We saw the Kiwis last week against Tonga. That was a really massive occasion, and we're not expecting anything less this time around, Dino, from uh, the Warriors. It's sold out, which is uh, a promoter like yourself. Is- it's a dream, isn't it? <laughs> Look, it is a dream, and hey, hats off to the Kiwis last week against Tonga, and hats off to the Tongan fans for turning out and making it the occasion that it is. It's incredible to see a lap. And yes, it's good to see the Warriors sold out, and I have got my fingers crossed that they will deliver. And uh, and I, what I'd love to see too, just quietly, Sean Johnson set up and score a couple of tries, kick the winning goal, and they come home with a victory, because that'll keep people coming through the gates. Because right now, there are no more excuses. A thousand days away from home is no. a long time. Uh, they're home now, sold out crowd, that's about as good as it gets uh, And we're looking forward to seeing you home again shortly and, and Liam as well mate, thank you, good luck with the fight this weekend Thanks for helping us out this morning and informing us a little bit more About one of your stars in Andre Mikhailovich Look forward to him in action Be back here in New Zealand On Fight for Life, July 21st, thank you mate Good man Smitty, thank you brother yeah, cheers. Uh, Dean Lonigan uh, with us there, folks. Uh, we might take, uh, can we all just get a thumbs up, take a short break now? We can't take a short break now. Okay, Logan, then you better get on the blower and start uh, talking to me then. Um, what would you like to know? Uh, well, one, I mean, now that we've established that uh, kickoff for Hawks Bay v South Canterbury is at 4.35. It's not delayed on Sky. It is going to be live and exclusive there. Are you going to be heading down to McLean Park? No, uh, well, it depends actually. Uh, depends. It's a bit of a black, frosty sort of a day here. It's very cold. It depends um, on how I'm feeling around about uh, four o'clock. I might hop in the car and jet across uh, and watch it. I'd quite like to watch uh, a game of rugby without working on it, to be fair, uh, especially live. So I went to uh, watch Napier boys play Hastings boys the other day and one of those Super 8 clashes, which I thoroughly, absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, one by uh, Hastings boys at home. But it was it was just you know a, a really good thing to do just just to sit back and listen to comments from people on the sideline and and take it in and uh, the same old same old of course it was referee dominated but um, don't worry about that so yeah I like that that was tough that was really tough uh, I do appreciate um, the the fact that um, you know and I heard it this morning from Justin Morgan this this argument about uh, being away from home for a thousand days now put that in your mind as a businessman put that um, in your thoughts. Um, you know, particularly when we aren't, we're, uh, we're in a situation where we weren't allowed to come home uh, if we didn't have um, a quarantine berth. Put that in your head and, and multiply it by a thousand days. That is a long, long time. And, and the more I think about it and the more I put myself in the, the same shoes, uh, the more I would uh, be starting to applaud the Warriors and, and the Phoenix and, and the Breakers, except for just hanging in, and, and the Women's Phoenix as well, for just hanging in and, and, and getting it done uh, and, and getting enough players on the field to do. Because you, you, do, um, you do, if family's important to you, if, if friends are important to you, you can lose the, the, um, you know, you can lose the motivation very, very quickly. 
the one thing that will continue your motivation is the the fact that you are able uh, to win on the odd occasion, and you can see the points uh, map going up and, and your position on the table staying relatively stable as such. Well, that has not been the case for the Warriors. They've conceded the most points, and uh, early on in their matches, the pattern sort of starts to become very, very obvious. There was a time where they were blowing early leads, um, and that became a bit of a trend. And now, of course, they've, they've got to the point where, um, you know, <coughs> they can't even get those. So they've conceded 122 points. Uh, in their last three outings, uh, that is just way too many. Uh, they've been scoring some good points. I mean, they've been scoring points uh, enough to win games up until that point. Uh, but it, it all just uh, turned to custard, didn't it? Um, uh, you know, that 17-point thrashing that they got against the Melbourne Storm, that was that hurt. I think that set them back mentally and uh, as much as anything else. So... I recall times when I was uh, in, in Pakistan on the other side of the world uh, when phones didn't work, uh, when you, you hoped like hell you'd get a, a letter from home, you're only away six to seven weeks, which is uh, what a shade under two months, and even then it gets a bit depressing when you can't make contact with home. These days, of course, a lot easier with technology. You can Skype, you can phone, you can do whatever you like any time of the day. There's nothing like uh, being home and being able to actually physically uh, be with the people that you love and, and uh, be around and it makes you so much more comfortable in your job you know as a as a young mm. father uh, what, it's, what it's like yourself Logan you know when um, y- your daughter gets a bit crook or whatever you're very concerned about that it becomes priority number one uh, so you can you can sympathise with these guys and uh, whilst it's, it's their job and I'm not you know I'm sounding like a bit of a, a lamenter on their behalf <laughs> I can understand their point of view yeah, absolutely. And I I think there's no player on this Warriors team that speaks to that more than Sean Johnson. I mean, there's been so much pressure heaped on him this season. You know, we've had calls for him to potentially look to retire mid-season. Um, and then, you know, I'm reading about how he's only spent maybe five, six days uh, with his wife, Kayla, and... Uh, his daughter Mila after she was born. That's how long it's been. Uh, August 2020 was when Mila was born. And if you think about how long that is, the amount of time to be away from your family like that, like, yeah, things like, you know, FaceTime and everything are great, but you just cannot substitute that one-on-one personal time together with your loved ones. And, I I mean, I saw that yesterday on the news, Smithy, with the poverty that the Warriors had there at Mount Smart Stadium. You could see how much it meant to the likes of Sean, the likes of Tohu Harris, to be back there at their actual home. Like, you know, shout out to Redcliffe for being the substitute home while they're away. They did great, but there's just no substitute. And the fact that they're back there now, I would love to see a return of, I mean, sure all Warriors fans would love to, a return of form for Sean Johnson now that he is back. There's not, like Dean said, Mm. there's no excuses. Now's the time, but he's going to, I hope, he's going to have some real fire in his belly on Sunday. Well, they've got to find defence. It's as simple as that. You know, if they can find a defensive line, if they can find it hard, and that's why I kind of argued before about the possibility of getting the Crusaders' defensive bosses as such uh, are not doing much except for planning for next year. I would have thought that might not, not be such a bad idea to get them in uh, the camp for uh, a week, 10 days, just to set up some defensive plans with a view to not just the, the remainder of this year, with a view to establishing some patterns for next year. 
I mean, the Crusaders showed in the last two weeks what the value of defence is. Uh, you know, the, in the, the semi-final match, 122 tackles um, against all the possession in the world that the Chiefs had. They shut them down. Uh, and that was, I think, the, uh, the, the catalyst for them to go to Eden Park and effectively do the same thing again. Now, two weeks in a row against fairly handy attacks tends to suggest you're quite organised in that department. Uh, so I, I would have thought that uh, Cameron George is looking outside. I mean, defence is defence uh, in rugby or rugby league. It's about your communication. It's about making sure the gaps aren't there and it's making effective tackles and preventing offloads, etc. Uh, and that happens in both codes. I could have been talking about both codes there. Uh, so the Crusaders have got it sus. There's no doubt about it. When you're leaking tries and it's not happening within your group, perhaps you have to look uh, possibly to go outside. Um, so uh, we've got a, a two or three texts that have come in. Sorry, but uh, aren't most of the team from Australia? Only about 30% of the players are from New Zealand. May well be the case, uh, but that's 30%. It's, uh, it's, 30, it's a, a large number. Um, uh, and, uh, of course, a, a lot of those guys too have been... Uh, not of their own homes in Australia, have they? They've been in. Uh, they haven't been able to come and go. They've been based with the Warriors in camp as such. Uh, some of the I watched Andre fight a couple of years back on uh, the Junior Far undercard. He was awesome. Thought to myself, then this guy's the business. Big raps from people about Andre Mikhailovich. Shame we couldn't get to talk to him. We may try again at, at some point because his upbringing sounds very, very interesting. Uh, and Craig has uh, come in and said the Warriors have leaked tries to unopposed. Overlap wingers for years. Hope they sort it out, but I doubt it. Uh, Craig from uh, Tepoki. Thank you very much for your text, uh, folks. It's uh, 11.30 here on SENZ, which means it's time to light up the lines. Uh, 0800 150 811. 150, yep, 150 bucks from the TAB up for grabs this morning. So it's going to be very hotly contested, along, of course, with the sleep drops. Wish you all the best in being successful. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yeah, and producer Logan is back in the hot seat. Forgive my voice, guys. I lost it on Saturday, and I'm still trying to get it back. It's somewhere there in Tauranga. Uh, but up for grabs today after yesterday's stumping by Smithy of Ed from Tauranga Bay. Up for grabs today is a $150 TAB bonus bet plus some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive. Try New Zealand Sleep Drops for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. Check out sleepdrops.co.nz. Smithy, before we bring in our first contestant to the crease, how are you feeling about that 150 yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? 150 bucks is a lot of money. It's a big race day today too, with uh, races coming in from Australia as well as Cambridge Synthetic. So uh, plenty of opportunities for the horse punters there, and plus the opportunities to bet on uh, New Zealand Maori tonight um, ag- against uh, Ireland. Uh, save it up for the All Blacks at the weekend. I would imagine those odds are just getting tighter and tighter the whole time with all the defections from the, the All Black camp. Or you could uh, perhaps put it um, on Hawke's Bay in the Shield Challenge today. There's a point start existing for South Canterbury of 69.5 points. Now that is a hell of a head start. <laughs> uh, it means you, you, you basically uh, can't allow to have too many flat patches in the game and you can't concede many points to get a make up double. So... I think that's a fairly healthy start as well for South Canterbury today, and I'm Hawks Bay through and through. So, uh, how am I feeling? Not confident. Not confident. I don't think we've got it up to 200 very often before. 
No, no, you'd be right. I don't believe that's happened uh, since I took on this role a few months ago. But hey, first up for the crease that has a chance to go for that 150, Brenton from Auckland. Come in, mate. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'll, I mean, croaky, <laughs> but I'm getting there. How you doing? You, yeah. you feeling good? Yeah, oh, no, Smithy's on a bit of a heater, so I don't know. Just got to pick something he doesn't know. <laughs> Rightio, what are the subjects? What are the subjects today, uh, Logan? Well, see how you go. Uh, today's topics are baseball, soccer, football, and rugby league. Take your pick. I'll go rugby league. See how Smithy goes here. Good luck to you both. Of course, uh, being that we had Justin Morgan on today, if you haven't heard that interview, if you missed it, go check out uh, the SNZ app or wherever you get your podcasts to listen to that again. It was a beauty. All our questions are about the Warriors. First one for you, Brenton. Who scored the first ever try in first grade rugby league for the Warriors? No, he was the captain. Um... I'm going to go Sean Hoppy, I think. One, one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. I think Richie was very uh, eager to give you the no there. Smithy, over to you. Yeah, actually, Brenton, I think we had this earlier in the week when we were talking about famous uh, Australian warriors who had come over and plied their trade for New Zealand and done a pretty good job at it. And he was on my list, this guy. I'm pretty sure it's Phil Blake. That's a couple yeah. of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Sure was, Mount Rushmore there yesterday actually, so unfortunate for you Brenton. Back to the pavilion, that's the first stumping of the day. Uh, Cameron, Kevin from Cambridge, sorry, come in mate, you're ready to go. Yeah, how you going boys? Gee, I can't believe Smitty's on a roll like this, I don't know what he's on, but you better swab him this end of this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh, Kev from Cambridge. A bit harsh. Mate, have some faith. Have some faith. Second question for you, Kevin. Which Warriors player has won the Simon Mannering Medal for the past two seasons? Which Warrior player has won for the, the past s- two seasons? Yeah, the Player of the Year award. Oh, that would have been Roger. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket Ooh. field. Good guess. Smithy, over to you. No, I don't think it was uh, RTS. Um, I'm thinking maybe uh, it's got to be an inspirational leader type player, I think, for me, someone who motivates them. So uh, I'm going to go Adam Fanua Blake. One of the worst things I have oh. ever seen done on a cricket field. When you said inspirational player, Smithy, I thought you were really lining this up. It was Torhu Harris. Of course it was. Torhu Harris. Hawks Bay! How do I forget that? <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Still one more on the line. 150 up for grabs here, Kevin, and the Sleeve Drops Daytime Revive. Ivan Cleary holds the Warriors record for most points scored in a season with 242. In what year did that happen? Oh, God. Ivan Cleary, most point, what year? When did he leave the Warriors? Oh, I'm going to go 2011. One of the worst things I have ever oh, seen no. done on a cricket field. 
No, no, it might I be a little. Yeah, I'm not even giving you a hint here, Smithy. See how you go. No, that's. I think that's a, a little bit too late in Ivan Cleary's uh, career. I think he goes way back a bit further actually than that. Uh, he's still a relatively young guy. How, how long has he been out of playing rugby league? I don't know, 15, 20 years probably. Uh, I'm going back to. Really? I'm going back to last oh. century. I'm going back to last century. I'm going oh. to 1998. One of the worst things I have ever seen oh. done on a cricket field. You were a lot closer, Smithy. Uh, 2002, the year the Warriors made the grand final for the very first time. Of course, uh, they lost that to the Sydney City Roosters. But hey, yes, Ivan Cleary. Uh, well, you're like uh, Penrith Panthers. Yeah. You can be a fan now, Kevin, because uh, you've got up without getting up. You've got up. You, I don't know, quirky rules. The bloody quirky rules of this game, you can have three wrong right. answers and still win because the host is an absolute dipstick it. at times. I should have I should have got I should have got Tohu Harris. Should have got Tohu Harris. That would have put you late put you to bed straight away. But Kevin from Cambridge, stay on the line, my friend. you have won one hundred and fifty bucks worth of TAB product. Thank you, uh, invest uh, invest it wisely and make a fortune, my friend. Good luck. Good. It's going on the Irish on Saturday night. Ooh, going on the Irish. Going on the Irish. Mmm. Yeah. Don't mind that. Don't mind that as a, from a betting perspective. Heart, uh, heart doesn't like it, but mine says it's uh, not a bad option at all, and they are big outsiders. Uh, 11.40 here on SENZ, so Kevin is the winner this morning. We'll be back very shortly here as we look to wrap up the hour. New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, it's 11.45 here on SENZ and Paul Mawati has joined us uh, from the TAB, the godfather of the book down there. And uh, Paul, uh, quite interesting, isn't it, uh, to look at the rugby markets all of a sudden. There's a, a big one, uh, of course, this afternoon in terms of Hawke's Bay people, the Ramfilly Shield, where you've uh, donated a 69.5 point start to South Canterbury. And then, of course, uh, Maori, the Maori uh, uh, against uh, Ireland tonight. Uh, tell us about those markets and the interest in the betting. Yeah, well, in regards to the Ramfilly Shield match, uh, there are a number of backers of South Canterbury getting that um, big, big point start. So a number... I don't know if, it, if it's those punters who, who picked up a wee bit of cash when the Crusaders won the Super Rugby final, but a, a hell of a lot of money travelled down south after that match. So there's a bit of money to spend, and they're spending on South Canterbury plus the points... Um, to keep within that very, very large margin that the uh, bookies have decided uh, is worthy of the Hawks Bay team. Uh, in the power plays, and there are a number of power plays on that Ramfilly Shield match, the best backed, South Canterbury to score two or more tries in the match at around $6. That has been very, very well backed. In terms of the big, big game tonight, the Māori All Blacks uh, have been very, very well backed. They're almost trading dollar for dollar uh, in fact, we've taken so much action on the Māori that we'd have to bring them in to $2 to win the match tonight. Ireland now out to $1.80. We did take a $5,000 bet yesterday on the Irish to win the match at $1.62. But that's still not enough to sway uh, the bookies uh, uh, towards the Irish. So plenty of support for South Canterbury in the Ramfilly Shield match. 
and plenty of action on the Māori to win the match. They now backed into $2 to beat the Irish tonight in Hamilton. Two massive games at the weekend too, uh, Paul, the homecoming of the Warriors uh, against uh, the West Tigers and of course the All Blacks were ravaged by COVID it seems and we're not sure it's uh, come to an end yet uh, against uh, Ireland who must be surely strengthening in the market because of that. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, last week the Irish were $4 to win the uh, first test against the All Blacks up there in Eden Park. Uh, the All Blacks were around the dollar twenty-two mark. Off the back of that COVID news with the fact that the midfield uh, pairing were the, the most likely midfield uh, pairing for the All Blacks out with COVID, they're now up to $1.27, the All Blacks, to win that match. And they'll probably move a wee bit more with the uh, money that we're starting to take on the Irish. They were already very, very popular with punters before the COVID news, uh, and they've jumped on even more. So Ireland now into 360, All Blacks now out to $1.27. Okay, and, and the Warriors, uh, have you got them as faith? There's usually oh, a lot of sentimental money, even when they're away, but what about when now that they're home? Well, that sort of faith faded slightly when they were going through that uh, patch uh, in Australia, but the faithful are back. They're back, they're back in the Warriors. They're $1.58 to win that match on Sunday. Uh, three and a half point favourites as well. Punters backing that as well. They are all over the Warriors, I can tell you. West Tigers currently 2.30 to win that match, but the faithful are back. They love the Warriors. They're going to welcome them back. Sold-out crowd. Watch out. Uh, if the Warriors win, we'll be sending out checks to just about everyone. <laughs> hey, um, Paul, just finally, uh, LIV Golf, Live Golf. Uh, are you going to have markets uh, for Live Golf as well as the PGA and the European Tour? Uh, yes, we will. Uh, we had uh, markets out for that first uh, Live Golf tournament in London, and the boys will get mm. uh, uh, markets out for the next tournament as well, which I believe is in the States, uh, not too far away, actually. So the boys are working on that. Of course, there's plenty going on over in the UK in the build-up to the Open Championship. Irish uh, Open is on this weekend, and Ryan Fox is right in the market as well. Yeah, and I would imagine because of his ranking now at the 56, he's going to become eligible for a lot more tournaments as well. And just finally, we can't ignore Wimbledon either. I know it's only week one and a lot of these games are a little bit lopsided, but there's always upsets, Paul. And, and um, you know, uh, we've got the old favourites and the young guns, the Medvedevs and co, are all allowed to play at Wimbledon. How, how are you seeing this? Uh, punters are sort of sticking with the favourites at the moment in those uh, outright markets. Um, they're all over the uh, Djokovic. There's a lot of uh, fans for Rafael Nadal after he was success, uh, successful at Roland Garros. We've got a tennis bonus back promotion on all singles, uh, men's and women's singles matches at Wimbledon. Um, just head to the TAB website and check out all the T's and C's there, but basically just place a pre-match head-to-head bet on any of the Wimbledon uh, 2022 singles matches and if your player loses in the deciding set so that's the third set for women mm. fifth set for men will refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet Really busy week uh, for the punters uh, Paul Mawadi thank you so much uh, for coming on uh, this morning and uh, enlightening us uh, to the markets at this point thank you mate All good uh, Smithy and I've just seen we've got the uh, LIV uh, the live markets up for the uh, tournament coming up this weekend Dustin Johnson the favourite
Ah, Dustin Johnson, the favourite. There you go. Uh, not everyone's favourite, but certainly it's a favourite at the TAB. Uh, 11.51 here on SENZ. I can see Staffy poised, ready to go. Not quite. Uh, that's an all-black shirt that he's got on, a red and black. Or is that the new training kit? Well, I, it's, I've got to find out more about it. Oh, the New Zealand Maori. The New Zealand Maori shirt. Okay. Uh, more from Staffy about uh, how he managed to get his mitts on that too uh, very shortly. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.